0: Hey
1: everybody, David here and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. I was recently tasked with calling several shops for the ASOG Scholarship and I kept running into a specific problem every single one of these shops had. This one problem can absolutely determine the difference between success and failure for your business. We discussed that along with being married while also trying to run a business with YouTube superstar Chris Enright. And of course, Scott Palava. Before we get started, make sure you have the podcast set to automatically download when a new episode drops, and make sure you check out our new YouTube content. And now, here we go.
2: primary vendor uh, we went to a weekly and that that really helped a lot because you didn't get a big bill at the end of the month and it was just easier to track things just yeah. like you know any, any of your coaching or whatever you know you track your weekly numbers versus monthly it sure it sure gives yeah, you but a week a week
1: is still you know four thousand dollars in parts like yeah or yeah. five thousand dollars in parts that you're buying in a week mm-hmm. and you still there's a lot of transactions so, you know you're maybe i don't know a hundred bucks a pop so you're you're having to go through 40, 40 invoices, um <clears throat> and yeah, I, however yeah, many yeah. items yeah. on
3: each invoice and you have them track line by line like that. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I just they just bill me as I go. I, I don't like having like I I had a I have a credit account through advance, but I just pay it off constantly and then AutoZone and Napa, it, it pays by part. So I just Go into Advance and pay it every couple days, or call them over the phone, and then AutoZone and Napa that just every time I buy a part, it automatically just bills it straight to my credit card, and then I just pay the credit card off once a week. So yeah, that's
1: a, that's a lot easier for me. It's it's having the credit card available; they just charge the credit card. Yeah, and then as long as the money comes in, everything's fine. Yeah, but if that car sits at your shop for a week and you just that's dumped a thousand dollars in parts last week for it, and nothing's come in. You know, now, now you're hitting your credit limit. Now you're like, okay, well, what the hell happened here? I'm short revenue. Why? And now, now
3: you have to kind of decipher, you know, what in the hell happened. I probably just have, a, I mean, I just have a bunch of money saved too, like for like the first probably. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, any extra money just goes back into the business because I don't really have anything to do with it right now because it's just me. So,
2: so David, I, do you pull the, I mean, do you pull your profits out and transfer to a different account? Or, I mean, you don't have enough wiggle room you know, with your, with your revenues to, you know, cover that delay.
1: Yes. For a time, not for forever. Well, I understand that, but if it's a week, you know. (laughs) A a week is fine. Okay. Two weeks is a problem. Okay. (laughs) And, and it's not one car, dear. It's I understand that. Well, like seven, seven cars later, you're like, oh, what the crap? So I was, I was. I'm tight on revenue. I'm like really tight on revenue right now. One, you know, we're paying for AST. Everybody's flying out there, right? That's a whole thing. And most of that's been paid for at this point. So it's whatever. But, I, I, and I'm going through my numbers and I'm like, what in the hell is is causing me to get, be so tight? I shouldn't be this tight. And one, we, we started diverting funds from my credit cards. I found a split funding merchant. I've been looking for one for forever. This apparently isn't a thing. Like all of the big processors, you run the credit card through, the next day they put the money in your account. And for the last month and a half or so, that's what I've been using. And so I'm now operating on a smaller percentage of my revenue than I was before. Slightly smaller, not not that much, but it's less than what I was operating on before. And so that's part of it because now it's not, oh, I got an extra two grand. Let me go ahead and move it into this account. Now it's every single time there's a transaction, a portion of it is getting moved into that other account. Taxes are then getting prepaid because I'm terrible about paying my taxes on time. Taxes are essentially getting prepaid because they're getting moved into the tax account. And so this this works for me. I just have to make it work on a day-to-day basis, which has been a little bit of a struggle. But we also had an engine that, blew up on us it wasn't our fault we didn't do anything wrong but uh, i can't like i'm not going to make the customer pay for it there's no situation where i end up not looking like a complete and total a-hole if if i have the customer pay for for this problem and so the i had to pay for the engine and the the manifold and the mbs solenoids and all this stuff there and there's like six thousand dollars out the door cash out the door and so you got to think like if you're running a 50 percent gp you need to generate twelve thousand dollars in revenue to cover that six thousand dollars is you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so now your normal bills are all coming in and then on top of that in a month you need to come up with an extra 12k in revenue to cover this huge expense that you've got coming in and so we're I didn't have to cover it all at once and, you know, I had some savings and stuff like that, but you still like, you start running tight and you're like, <sighs> it, it can get stressful is all I'm saying.
3: Yes. Business ownership sucks sometimes. It's like, it's like marriage.
1: <laughs> it it's, is not at all like marriage. What are you like, talking about?
2: It is a lot like marriage. You have all these stressors. It's not easy to get out of and it's really expensive. And most of the stressors are over money,
1: communication. You get married in order to start a family and provide a stable. Lucas and I have been telling you about PartsTech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your PartsTech account, go to my shop, and click on the rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, PartsTech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using PartsTech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using PartsTech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for PartsTech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to PartsTech.com forward slash podcast. That's PartsTech.com forward slash podcast.
0: Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with PartsTech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started.
1: Structure for your children, and then at the end, when the kids leave, hopefully you've had enough kids that when you can't, like, wipe yourself, somebody is there to take care of you. Oh my gosh. Ho- hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, or you get stuck in the home, whatever, but that you don't want to end up like alone eating dog food because you don't have anyone to, to help you when you can't help yourself. That's True. why you get married.
2: Oh, so it's, it's all, it's all, it's, it's just a long-term plan. So somebody will wipe your butt. Okay. I, did, I, did, I didn't get that. Yes.
1: I didn't get that memo. Yes. Nobody got the memo over over fifty percent of marriages end in divorce because somebody somebody has given everybody the idea that you get married to be quote unquote happy We know What, that doesn't happen is that what you're... Ha- happiness is a derived yeah happiness is a byproduct of marriage, but it is not the reason to get married. <laughs> Does that am, am I making sense, Chris? No. Back <laughs> sure. me up I, here. I don't, I'm, this guy I'm has so, no concept.
3: He doesn't have any idea. He plans on eating dog I'm food. so – I'm very different on that whole thing. So I, I mean, I've I been married for 14 years. I'm much different on the marriage thing than most people. So How's that? That's all I can say. Uh, I just – I don't know. I guess I – I mean I didn't get married to be happy, but I am very happily married. 14 years going on and – I mean, I don't think you should find your identity. It's a byproduct. That's all I'm saying. Well, you're right. I agree with that. It is a byproduct. I just think that you should get married to do life with someone. It's boring to do life by yourself. So you get to share and experience things and have a family and with kids and stuff. Just makes life more But uh, hold on.
1: Hold on now. Hold on. That doesn't. Okay. But uh, like some people do that with lots of other people. Different people every week. Well,
3: yeah, but that's just not a long-term <laughs> experience. It's a short-term. So it's not it's not the same thing. Why sure. not? Why wouldn't it be? Because you're not it's not you're not experiencing and going through trials and tribulations so it grows a stronger bond when you're married to someone and you experience stuff like that. You know, I Yeah, but you're describing know. like
1: you're describing a long-term coworker an employee no. like come so, on so, yes somebody somebody you hire early on and you, they go through all the the trials and tribulations of the business and then the business becomes successful and you're like yeah, we did this together there's a bond formed there that's not marriage Look, I, all I'm saying is, there's nothing wrong with what you said. All I'm saying is, if if your idea is like, I'm going to share my life with this other yeah, person. Yeah, but for through like a business. But I'm talking about yeah, personal per, per, per stuff. Personal, like how much time do you spend in the business? Waking hours. Nine, ten hours a day? Waking? I right. Talking to me? I'm talking to both of you. Well, now, I, I, I'm, I'm
2: talking i, I I'm, I'm getting bits and pieces of... Chris, there. So I didn't know if he was dropping. I don't think
1: think he knows how to respond. He's like,
3: "No, whatever." I (laughs) do. I I didn't know who you were talking to. (laughs) This is not at all what he. And I didn't hear it. (laughs) I know I know. that's the best part. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. Whatever. I. I just. I. You're right, but you're not experiencing personal life stuff. All. All I'm saying is,
1: you're going to spend. You're going to spend nine to ten hours a day within the business. Okay, Mm -hmm. and even if you're. Taking weekends off, sure you're going to spend most of your time at home, but you know a lot of times that's that's eating meals, that's getting ready for work. You spend a lot of time at work, and you so do. yeah, th- that the personal problems, so like they get spilled into the business very very much. So so they do, to but say, it's well, a different it's
3: like, experience. You're not you know like if, uh, not to get too personal, but for example like. My mother-in-law committed suicide and we had two miscarriages, but that's something that was very hard to experience in our life, but, you know, it helped us grow together. And obviously it's a horrible experience, but it helped grow us stronger together. And that compared to, yeah, I was around other people like working for the dealership at that time, but they were sympathetic, but, you know, they're not experiencing that with you. You know what I mean? True. True. So it's yeah, just. Yeah, but that's
1: only, that's, you're speaking, you're saying that after the fact. Like you were already married and then that bad stuff happened. Yes, correct. Had had that happened to a family member
3: before you got married, you would lean on your friends. Oh, Maybe I don't other know. family like, members. Yeah. I mean, I have, I guess, a few choice, like close friends and family members, but not coworkers. Well, I mean, so, sometimes you're friends with your
1: coworkers, is all I'm saying. That's I mean, if you're, pretty if you're rare. A- <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. No, not at all. Not, I look, not that I close. Just, yes, that close. Uh, look, I went to my employee's wedding uh, last weekend. Yeah, it was last weekend. Let's say it was last weekend. I went to his wedding. Like, I hung out with his family.
2: Well, you know, I, I was Chris, messing
1: with his kid, like you we were playing and stuff like Chris that. Chris has like,
2: got a Chris has got a different perspective because we're, weren't you in the dealer environment?
3: I was, and I, I mean, I worked for a shop, uh, an independent for basically two years, and then another independent for four months. But you know, the the dealership world, yeah, is way different than that. It y- was yeah, not. Y- yeah,
2: it's a totally different culture. So you was, didn't have you didn't have time to cultivate those relationships. Yeah, and like, it
3: was it was you know dog eat dog. You know, everybody's flat rate. Nobody wants to help anybody. Just you know, earn for yourself and turn as many hours as you can. And the advisors and the service manager are screaming at you. That's the only time they ever come out and talk to you is when you make a mistake or something's not going fast enough.
1: So, so I could see in that environment, you're not going to cultivate a very close relationship with somebody, but there are instances where you cultivate close relationships and it becomes not, not exclusively a friendship, but there are situations where you, especially me as an employer, I have employees coming in and they're you know, they pouring their hearts out to me and they're telling me these terrible stories or things that's happened or what they're struggling with. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you, you have to deal with that. They have to lean on you. You're there to help them and you want to help get them through it. Do they have family members and stuff like that? Yeah. But look at an instance where a marriage is falling apart. And that person works for you. Now they can't lean on their spouse. The spouse is the problem. So what do you, (laughs) who do they lean on then? Well, you, they lean on friends and family, but you as an employer, you want to be able to provide that support because you want to make sure that person's whole. And all I'm saying is I don't want to go through bad stuff alone
3: is not a reason why people get married. Well, I agree. I mean, I'm not saying that's the only reason we got married. I mean, that's just part of it. We wanted, I wanted to do life with somebody. I mean, obviously I loved her. So that's why we got married. But we were young too. So I guess it's just different, but I've never had a, an employer or a boss that I felt comfortable going to and basically, you know, telling them my life story and what I'm struggling with and stuff. That's
2: unfortunate. Cause I, I've been that, I've been that employer. You know, I. You,
1: you cause know, more you know, problems than you solve, Scott. I've heard oh. your story. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, some of them, but no. I mean, you know, <laughs> but knowing that, Chris, I mean, when when if you bring somebody on, you know, or you know, eventually you you expand the shop and you have other staff. Would would you would you want it to be that I am the employer and you are the employee, and I don't want to hear your hear about it?
3: No, no. I I would like it to be like that where, you know, they do trust me enough to, you know, help them get through that kind of stuff. I mean, I I think that would be great. I guess it's just like you said, I don't have that perspective. The other I I worked for one place, you know, when I was young, when I was 15 years old, and then I worked for another company that I was on the road for 3 weeks out of the month and I hated it, and then I went into the automotive world. So, I just don't have that personal experience. I worked with my brothers for about a year and a half, and that was probably the only time where I had, you know, a boss that actually cared, and it's my brother, so of course they cared. So I would I would definitely want that as I hire employees for sure. You don't want it, trust me. But it, <laughs>
1: it, it it's it's part of the deal though. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's sort of the problem is if you don't make that connection and you don't you don't offer that help when they need it it affects performance in the shop well yeah. and some places don't care like hey if you don't produce you're gone but percent the
3: dealer at least the dealers well, yeah i, I get at.
1: it and that that's a lot of chains and that's a lot of big independently owned shops that's how it is a lot of businesses which i completely understand it's it's the aaron stokes thing right where he says you're you're building a business not a family just remember that when it's time to let that employee go because he's not producing. And I understand that perspective. I understand that that mindset 100%. The problem is that now it's getting really difficult to find good qualified help. And so for you to succeed in business, you have to find great talent or develop great talent and then most importantly, retain great talent. And if you can't retain them because you can't make that connection, you can't bring them into this like inner circle of trust and keep them there, then you're going to find that you're having to constantly replace people. Yeah. My point though, in the marriage thing (laughs) 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 is that I don't think, I think most people get enamored with the idea of marriage, right? That it's just something you have to do. Look, what... I'm sitting in this in this wedding, and it, these are sweet people, and they're nice, and I'm super happy for them, and this, that, and the other. But just, and we were—I was just—I I was just talking to this employee. We were having our one-on-one, and I'm like, the entire thing is is so stupid. It, the entire thing. Over half of marriages end in divorce. What is that? It's almost sixty percent of marriages end in divorce. Okay, so the likelihood that that a marriage—not this one, but. A marriage is successful over the next five to 10 years is, is very, very low. Okay. Yeah. And all of your traditional aspects of marriage don't apply to modern times. Like why would you give gifts to, to the mm-hmm. new couple? Well, cause they were starting a life together. Yeah, but right? most
2: people are established.
1: Most people happening. are established. They've already been living together. Or their second
2: the... or third marriages. And oh, they've they're on got their all second
1: stuff. and they have all their stuff. Or, or there's already kids in the relationship, mm-hmm. right? They've already had a kid out of wedlock. And now, like, okay, you already have a house, you already have all your furniture. So what do I, what do I need to give gifts for? And what was the point of the honeymoon? The point of the honeymoon was to consummate the marriage. Well, that's already happened. They have a kid together. Mm-hmm. So what's well, the point of the honeymoon? Uh, that's probably part of the, the The that traditional values are gone. That so is gone. It's a hundred percent
3: gone. I, see, but that's that's where I say that's where I'm different because we did all the traditional stuff. So, I you know I guess it depends on your upbringing and your environment and the way you view things and your perspective. I guess that's going to change from person to person. Well. So. The,
1: So I get that your experience has been different, but all I'm saying is like now people still look at marriage in a traditional way without going into the marriage in a traditional fashion. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They're they're looking at it like, oh, you know, marriage is going to bring me happiness being with this person, this person that you're going to get overly familiar with. And every little tick is going to annoy you to no end. Right. (laughs) So, so what's, what are you going to do to look past your own quote unquote happiness and understand what is the point of this relationship? And one, it's to procreate, run. I'm going to bring children into a stable environment where they have both a mother and a father and they have, you know, the, the, the masculine and the, the feminine both together in the same household. And that dynamic, bringing up well-rounded children, and the statistics—and I'm not speaking from opinion here—the statistics are eighteen miles long of the 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 um, shortcomings of having just one one parent in the household, right? For children, right? They're more yeah. likely to end up in jail. They're more likely to be on drugs. They're more likely to commit suicide. They're like all these things, right? All these societal ills can be attributed statistically speaking I'm not putting any morality towards it I'm just saying like statistically speaking all these societal ills are overwhelmingly higher in uh, children coming from single-parent homes right right so in part of the deal with marriage is like yeah we're gonna have kids and we're we're gonna procreate so we can keep this going but then you look at it and go okay well what's the point of having
3: children well I, but I think that's what Part of the issue is is a lot of people aren't having kids as much as they used to. If you look at population numbers,
2: or, sure. or there's or there's those that are having children that aren't in a position to raise them, uh, whether it's financially or or uh, I don't want to say morally, but they just don't have the the aptitude. Um, yeah, mo- yeah, emotional and so there's a lot of issues with that too.
1: So p- past, let's not looking to. The, the mistakes right the mm-hmm. the oops the oh I didn't mean to get pregnant or even if they did mean to get pregnant but it was to keep the guy or whatever right like that, yeah. I'm not even looking at those particular situations you have a stable married couple what's the point of the kids
3: uh, in my mind it's be fruitful and multiply because that's what the be Bible fruitful says to what end though well it's gonna be personal it's gonna be your personal whatever you Prefer, I guess. I don't know. Like, I have two kids. You would, no, hold and kids on now. You just, me. You invoke
1: the Bible. So, what does the yeah. Bible <laughs> say? Like, get to the get to the new the New Testament, and you the the whole point is for the children to eventually take care of the parents, like the parents took care of the children.
3: That's well, yeah, the but that's it. also it. Also says uh, leave an inheritance for your children's children as well, too, which a lot of people don't do because they're not financially smart with their money. So there's a lot of that, you know, you can start digging into all of that and that just, you know, raises a lot of different questions, I guess, for different but people. But that that still doesn't, that, that doesn't undermine my point. The,
1: even if you have an inheritance, you don't, at that point, are no longer a financial burden on your children, right? Yeah. You don't want that to right. happen, but you still need someone to wipe your butt.
3: Well, yeah, but that's what homes are for.
1: <laughs> Where in the Bible does it say there's old
2: folks' homes?
1: <laughs> Remember the- I, I I, had uh, – um, I'm taking care financially of my mother. My father is what it is, but for my mother, she needs some help, and I'm, I'm helping her out. But –
3: if I don't have to stick her in a home, I don't want to stick her in a home. Well, yeah, of course not. No, I would never. If I if, if the finances are there, I don't think you should have to. I mean, that's I think that's what a lot of people do is if – I mean, unless their life situation deems where they don't have the time, I guess. I don't know. I, I just feel like I would make time for my parents, but that's just me.
1: Okay. See, there you, you go. Mind. You like your
3: parents. That's great.
1: Well, That's yeah. my point. So if you're in your mind, you're like, I like my parents. It's like, okay. If they get to the point where they need their butts wiped, are, is your first instinct and, and they have left enough money that you could just stick them in a home. Is your instinct then to stick them in a home? Oh, well, no, not at all. Well, there you go. That's my point. That's all I'm saying. There you go. I'm saying the purpose of you getting married is so you don't die in, in with your butt unwiped, eating dog food, sitting like you you fall over on in the, the in the kitchen, you break your hip, you can't get up, there's nobody checking in on you. I, I think and we have we have found the meaning cooking, of life right there. no, no, no. I didn't say that was the meaning of life. I didn't say that was the meaning of life. I'm, I'm just saying that's the purpose of marriage. We don't live in tribes any longer, right? Where the younger people taking care of the older. We don't. That's not the dynamic we have any longer. So now the the reason you're going to get married is to have kids, raise them up in a stable fashion, and have them not hate you, so that when you have to have your butt wiped, they are willing to but, to wipe your butt, and not stick you in a home. My daughter worked in a home, and she told me that she would never wipe my butt.
2: She says, I get paid to wipe other people's butts. I will never wipe yours. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you you have failed, Scott. Have, oh, believe me. I've heard that plenty of times. <laughs> You ain't, you haven't just shattered my world. It, poor
1: poor Chris. <laughs> poor Chris. He, he thought he was like, We're going to talk about ASTE and we're going to talk about automotive <laughs> we're training. We're talking and about wiping said, Scott's and butt. Said it, yeah, and <laughs> said we're, we're talking about wiping old people's butt and me calling Scott a failure's father. And he's like, Well, this is awkward. <laughs> Goofy. <laughs>
2: oh, and how how did this become one of the top rated podcasts in the world? We are. I've got I know. Know the numbers. That, that, was like, that was the question. How did this...
1: <laughs> because this is real life, Scott. We need to talk I, about I get real it. life. I get it.
2: People yep. want
3: real. I will say that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely.
2: Well, along that line, what about AST? We should probably talk about that for at least... I'm excited. Like ...a minute and a half.
1: If they listen to this in three months, AST will no longer apply. I guess maybe for 2023. So, Well... It's
2: not
3: a live hey, stream. It's not a- I'm, I'm bringing no, my wife, that. so
1: I'm excited. My wife's gonna go. come. So, well, well great. What,
3: what, what, is she, does is she, she not- share
1: the same the same opinion on marriage as you do? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, she does. I she, don't know. She, I, we're just we're very traditional in our beliefs and our lives and our upbringings. I mean, my mom and dad got they were together when they were 13. You know, they've been married for. Gosh, I don't even know how many years now. I mean, I don't know, but you know, I had a good upbringing. So, what can I say? It's so just she the wanted, example she, I have.
2: She wanted to have kids that way you could get she could ha- get her butt wiped too. Is that is that,
3: <laughs> that? That's not the goal of why we had kids. That's for sure. Uh, but what was just, the goal? We just wanted kids. I don't know. You just you enjoy life with kids. They're fun. They're they're like running a business. It's the hardest thing you've ever done, but it's also the most rewarding thing you've ever done.
1: Yeah, it just depends it on a- the day. It's yeah. There you go That's my point But like you know At some point You have these kids And you're like Why why did I do this These kids are
3: Yeah I I I will say for me
1: personally Never been a thing
2: You you never questioned it
1: Never questioned it That's fair It was a surprise My wife had a plan She's evil So she's like (laughs) I'm going to have kids by this age And then the second kid by this age She did She had a plan She didn't tell me the plan But whatever She had a plan (laughs) The kid was a complete surprise You thought you were me. just messing around. I thought I was just messing around. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. But <laughs> she she uh so we have these kids. I have I have been absolutely enamored with my kids since the day I first saw them. Absolutely enamored. And even at their worst, at no point do I go, man, these kids ever, 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 absolutely wild about my kids. I yeah. can see why you would want to have kids. Because they are little bits of yourself, but they're everything good about you, all mushed up in this little cute ball, and you just want to pinch their cheeks all day long.
2: Yep. Yes, it, it, it's it's magical. You know, I'm I'm I want to tell a story. When I was uh, a tech uh, working at kind of like the first shop I was really a tech at, um, there was another guy there who never never been married, never had kids or anything. Well, my my son had gotten sick; he had croup. So he would end up, uh, you know, be out, being up all night coughing and everything. Well, you know, I would I would wrench all day and then we'd end up getting snow. So then I'd go out and I'd do my snowplow route all night. And then I'd go back to work and work all day. And I was wor- running myself pretty ragged. My son ended up with croup. I ended up in the hospital uh, bringing him to the ER uh, because he couldn't breathe. And I spent the whole night in the ER and got him uh stabilized and everything they sent him home and I went to work the next day and uh this guy says you know man you look like you're just dying I said I'm exhausted I spent the night in the ER with with the kid and uh I said no I hadn't slept in days and everything else and he goes man I could not understand why you would want to have kids I mean look at your you know you got a great job you're making money you're you got your other side gig going you're making all that money, and then you spend the night in the ER, no sleep and whatever. And I said, and I would spend a hundred nights in the ER with my kid. You know, I'd I'd give up all that, all that.
1: You know, yeah, but you're like, s- you're saying that after you've had the kid. But if you oh, haven't I, I, had yeah. that experience, I know, if you had, I know. Have you hadn't had children before? As as a guy, and you're hearing that, I can understand his reactions. Like, look, that's awful. Yeah. yeah.
3: But, no, it, but yes. like, think about when you get later on in life and if you don't have kids, like, I feel like life would be boring if it's just you or just you and your wife with no kids, no grandkids, like it, that would just get boring to me. I don't know. Like I see my, my parents, like when we all get together, there's like, I don't know, there's like 40 or 50 of us all together for yes, like, holidays right? and stuff there and there's go. kids everywhere and it's, it's a blast. It's fun. So to me, that's. I guess it's going to change depending on how your life was and your perspective was And your, it's going to be different for everybody. But for me, that's how it has been for me. So
2: it it actually, we, my wife and I had the conversation recently because, so my, uh, my son is what he'll be 23 next month. Um, And he's, uh, he's kind of a introvert and he, you know, really a relationship with uh, somebody outside, you know, is not a big interest for him. I mean, Maybe someday he could, you know, find somebody, fall in love and have a family, but it's just not in his personality. Our daughter, she is zero interest um, in that she, and she says, no, no kids. And my wife said that now she goes, I am, I have come to the, I have come to accept that I will never have grandchildren. And I didn't think it would really bother me, but now it kind of does. She's
1: still young, though. How old is she?
2: She's twenty. Okay,
1: then.
2: Um, but she, she is know what the hell
1: she's saying. She's
2: I know. Years old. And she's going through the. I, I, I don't, don't. I and I know there's people out there that get offended by this. She's going through the non-binary phase. She doesn't know what she is, and and you know, and all that stuff. And but I, you know, I just you know, who I I, I I it could change in a, you know, she could find the right person and everything falls into place and it happens, but I've, I've come to accept it. So I'm not, I'm not putting my hopes and dreams on this, that it's going to happen and then to be disappointed. I've just come to accept it. So the, you know, my wife is a preschool teacher. So, uh, and she does newborn to two-year-olds. That's what, that's her area. So she, uh, takes care of that. And she says, this is my grandma time. Um, I get to raise young children um, and uh, she goes, that's the closest I feel I'm going to get to being a grandma now. And, uh, you know, it, it it actually, it does leave kind of an emptiness in your heart. Uh, I mean, I hope that it happens, but I don't want to force my desires onto my kids either that, you know, you guys, you know, you know, you hear those stories.
1: That's BS. No, 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 no. You tell those kids like, I want to have grandbabies. I don't care which one of you two starts (laughs) popping them out, (laughs) but get on it. Just don't do it together. We don't. We don't. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys been watching that at all on HBO? No, no. Are you serious?
2: I don't have HBO. I don't have any, and I don't have time to watch TV. I have meetings every
1: night. It's one one one-hour show the entire week. (laughs)
2: Well, you you got my one hour a week to do this. That's true.
3: (laughs) I kind of feel bad now. I'm boring. I don't have any streaming services, so none of that stuff. Oh, so this what, what, is the what?
1: one! Like this is the one you have to like. This is the one thing. You, it's so good. It's so good. It's Game of Thrones. But, it's the new. It's the oh, is that what House oh, yeah, of the Dragons? Yeah, there's a lot of incest. A lot. It's cringy too. Like that's your that's your horrible. niece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds horrible. Well, if horrible. you're if you're into politics, and and like all of, like the. Have you ever had a streaming service? Did you have Netflix back in the day?
3: Yeah, a long time ago.
1: House of Cards?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. I, I yeah. heard of House of Cards, but I never Oh, I love it. that show. So until House
1: of it, Cards before... Until it before, became a
2: House of Cards and fell apart.
1: Yeah, before, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I I would sit in my office and, and I'd watch it on my on my okay, computer. Well, and,
1: that That's him being neglectful and not yeah. taking care of his business instead of yeah, watching that, TV all day. No,
2: no, I, I would do it at night. After oh, meetings yeah. and stuff, I'd go because I, I liked listening to the surround sound in my office computer because I couldn't do it at home because everybody's sleeping.
1: So yeah, yeah. well I yeah, that, it, uh, that that show the first like three what is it maybe the three or f- three or four seasons maybe the first yeah. three or four seasons yeah they're so good oh yeah and it's yeah. it's so like it's it's like backstabbing and conniving and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and everybody's evil everybody's evil oh yeah you but you're also there's... rooting for them at the same time you're like <laughs> exactly. you're like oh I'm, I'm rooting for this one evil person to beat this other evil person and you're like <laughs> yeah it's so it's weird um, mm-hmm. gosh. yeah yeah. So not not House of Cards, not Game of Thrones, House of the Dragons. I didn't think I would like it. It's the sequel. You're like, oh, this is not going to be the same. No, it is. It is just as good as the original series. I I did hear that it's
3: good because they are not scared to kill basically everybody off in the show.
1: Well, yeah. That that became like the, the, I don't know, the the gimmick, right? It was was like you never knew who was going to die. I see. But... It's not even that though. It's it's the it's how they develop the characters and like there there aren't like obviously good people and obviously bad, like everybody's a little bit evil in their own way. And so you start rooting for different characters and then they kill them off randomly, and you're like, Well, I didn't see that coming. That sucks. And so <laughs> it's very good. I just find you that You do have to put up with some incest though. Yeah, I'm good.
2: <laughs> you're good with putting up with inside no, well, wow with not that's just, it. this this just got really awkward
3: <laughs> I I legit work and then I come inside we'll hang with the kids and then I do like my social media stuff at night like that's, that's all I focus on right now I don't know your reels just, my reels and my YouTube that's it it's a, it takes a lot of time man it does
1: take a lot of time no. I do the same thing and I'm not as popular as you but I'm not it, it takes whatever what do you have a you have one reel that has what 3
3: million views now uh no one 1 million is my highest but uh oh it's just a million well yeah, whatever oh, yeah you, know, you look at some of these they got like <laughs> 10 20 million views it's crazy although i feel like our market is not nearly as popular as like you know some of these people cuz they'll do like reels that are more basically Over a broad spectrum of people versus mine, that are mostly tool and automotive related. I was going to say, you're. Think about it a a million a million views
2: on a one man Honda shop. You know. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, out in the country, you you know. You're. you're,
1: you're, (laughs) If I had asked you, but when like two or three months into starting this deal, if you were going to get hit. A million views on one reel you would have no, like you never, would have lost yeah, your mind yeah now never. you're like man it's just a million i'm really trying to hit five <laughs> i'm happy with a <laughs> thousand oh views gosh. you kidding me? like <laughs> trust me when we when we crossed over that thousand that that thousand threshold on on subs on youtube like, i i was floored
3: i'm like shoot I, yeah i mean I, I i couldn't even get there until that one video on youtube hit i mean that one's at four million views on youtube um, and that took me from 600 and like 60 subscribers to now I'm almost to 14,000 subscribers on YouTube just from yeah. one video.
1: And that's uh, insane,
3: right? That is insane. Yes,
1: 14,000 that- people
3: have subscribed to your channel. That's yep. that's a that's a stadium of people. I mean, that, that is cool. I would have never, I mean, I just started it off because I enjoyed it, but yeah, I mean, Instagram's a little different animal. So I guess that's why I say, you know, a million views on Instagram. Like I have a friend, they had like 10.1 million views off of one, one reel. So
2: Uh, I can barely get David to read, respond to my chats. uh, (laughs) (laughs)
3: It is. What's funny is is it's the comments. If you ever want to just enjoy yourself and read some funny stuff, just go read the comments on all my reels. You will, you'll get lost. And it's, it's really, really funny. Do you reply to every comment? Uh, A lot of them. I do reply to a lot of them. If they're really stupid, I'll just respond. Like, thanks for the algorithm boost. Um, If it's, depends on what they say and how ignorant they are. But nine times out of 10, when they say something stupid, like you click on their page and it's like 20 followers, they're following no one and they have like five posts. So they have an Instagram account just to go on Instagram and troll people. So those people, I'm just like, ah, who cares? Like they're not worth it. So now that it's becoming more and more popular, I get way more comments. So I can't keep up on them.
1: Can't even keep up with his comments, folks. Don't wow. That's how here. popular he is. Get out of here. You're going to have to hire a PR firm
2: to take My point, of though,
1: yeah, I know. My point, <laughs> though, Scott Palava is available if you want somebody to manage all that for you.
3: Absolutely, yeah. He's
1: got nothing but time. He sits <laughs> in his office and plays Perfect. House of Cards <laughs> yeah. over his computer audio.
3: <laughs> On his squeaky chair. On his squeaky, a squeaky chair, chair, yeah.
1: <laughs> my, my point, though, is that, yeah, I do, I do all of the, the video and all that stuff, that, but I still, like, one hour – to to sit and I watch it with my wife. She's into the show, and we watch together, and then we talk about the the show and this, that, and the other. Now I usually know the background and, and you know what's going on, and she gets mad at me because I'll spoil a little bit of it. Um, but it's fun. It's just it. That's all I'm
3: saying. It's like yeah. Something to, I mean, to it's not with, like we don't watch anything. We we watch movies. Like we we do have movies, and then we do watch what's the shows series. I, I'm just saying that's a lot to add on there. If I'm watching, you know, already. Yeah, uh, cho- like we watch The Chosen. So that's, if we're going to spend time. The Chosen. It's, it's its own thing. It's basically the life of Jesus. It's the whole story of Jesus, basically.
1: That's in the Bible. I
3: understand that, but. <laughs> I think
1: what I'm am I going to watch that? it on TV for? <laughs> but I would get
3: mad if it's inaccurate. I'm like, no, that didn't happen. Or he yes, didn't say it, that. It's not, it's not word for word. It's not, but like any time, like not any time, but a lot of the time you watch Christian stuff, it's really bad or bad. Uh, really like horrible production, bad actors. This is actually done extremely well. The acting's really well. It's produced really well. So it's like one of those Christian shows that I'm like, man, this is actually really good. So it's it's a sad statement, but it's just a true statement. So, yeah, but they, like you don't you already know what happens. Yes, I understand that. You hey, don't knock it till you watch it, and it's free by the way. You can download it on whatever. They I swear, if I all.
1: spend I spend the time to watch this thing, and it turns out being. Just The hot garbage, you will get no, flamed. Just, I'm just telling you, I will okay. go online. That's like, fine. Chris I <laughs> told me to watch this, and it go is hot my, garbage.
3: Uh, go on my reels and leave a bunch of nasty comments. <laughs> 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 this guy told me to watch The Chosen, and it's terrible. So I went to go
1: see The Passion of the Christ when yeah. it came out back in the day. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't, I oh, mean, I was, I, I'm not good with gore. And this thing was gory. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, now I get it. It was probably historically accurate, and the Bible never quite gets into the it ripped f- pieces of chunks of flesh went flying off of the whip because they used this kind of whip, and you know, you like it never gets into that. And I get that that's how they did it back in the day, but man, that was hard to watch.
3: Yeah, I I can I had a hard time too. I mean, I've only seen that like once or twice, so. Is I wasn't like a huge this? fan. Is there gore no, in this? No. No gore? No gore. No gore. It's basically like sh- strictly like follows Jesus and the disciples and like the story. And now, like I said, they add like stuff to it. So it's not 100% identical to the Bible, but they do put a lot of the stories from the New Testament and the disciples, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So they put a lot of those stories in there. So, and the so acting's again, really good. Like... That's why I like it. I don't know, man. I, I'm I just know. like so, a person. Like when I read, I have a really hard time envisioning it. So this like gives me something to envision now. So it it does really? help. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's you, didn't, just me. you
1: didn't grow up watching the cartoons? I grew up watching the cartoons.
3: I, I mean, I watched cartoons, but I mean, I was so like the Bible them. cartoons. Like, no, huh? no, <laughs> no. I watched the cartoons. <laughs> no <Nope. laughs> no cartoons. I mean, I probably did in Sunday school and stuff, but. I don't really So like things,
1: things bother me though. Like my, so my, we put my daughter in a, in a Christian school and they're, they have to memorize verses from the mm-hmm. Bible and there's this one verse. It's, I think it's 1 Peter 3.15 and one of the words they're using, I call it hippie versions of the Bible mm-hmm. and, and it's where they, they hippify the, <laughs> if that's a word, I don't know if it is, we'll say it <laughs> is. They hippify the, ver- the Bible verse. And I get it; they're trying to make it like understandable and modern, and and this, that, and the other. But you, you know, if you're gonna mess with something, don't mess with the Bible. Like, don't mess with yeah. the, yeah, the written word. Yeah, don't don't. <laughs> well, yeah. And so it and for various reasons we don't need to get into why, but don't don't do that. And so they're, they're at the the very last word of First Peter three fifteen is the word that's translated in like the King James and in like uh, American standard version and a bunch of the the Bible versions is translated fear. The Greek word is phobos. It's where we get our word phobia. The word is a hundred percent fear. And you know, there's, there's a reason why the word fear is used, but the word is fear. It's not anything else. It's fear. And she is memorized in the NIV version and they don't use fear in the NIV version, they use the word respect. And the, Interesting. the idea is not respect. The idea behind what is being said in that verse is that you are to be fearful in incorrectly disseminating the word of God. You are to be fearful of it. You are supposed to do so so carefully because you are afraid to mess it up. And, and the the... the translation itself messed messed it up and so i tell my my daughter all this because the, these things bother me and that's what i'm saying like i would watch this series and go that's not what he said that is not what he said that is isn't. that's not even 100 correct and then i would go on a tirade and then i'd get mad at the series and i'd get mad at you chris and so it would turn into a whole thing <laughs> just go so, into it
3: with an open
0: mind
1: <laughs> i would i would i'd go into it and i'm like hopefully this is this is good and then it's at some point, they would say something, and I would flip out. And I'm saying, like, I w- I told my daughter, and I'm like, you tell your teacher that the word is not respect. It is fear, because the word is phobos in the Greek. And that's where we get phobia. And so when she recited it back to the t- – my daughter, she's awesome. She recites it back to the <laughs> teacher, and she says it, "It fear. And she's like, well, it, it, you know, what we were memorizing said respect. And she's like, well, my dad said It's not respect. It is the word phobos (laughs) in She's like, Well, we're memorizing this version of it. And she's like, Well, you're not supposed to mess this up. Yeah. Anyway. That's why I don't think I could sit down and watch it. But I'll give it it a try. Out of the the mouths of babes. What's that?
2: When they out of mouths of babes, when they when they say that you know because they they take the, the what the the parents explanation so literally and or you know you don't know, or anything, they don't explain
1: teacher. it back properly. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Exactly. Exactly. My my daughter at one point, I, I think if she was in kindergarten. She would go get breakfast. It was first grade. She'd get breakfast at the school uh, before she went to class, and um, she would she had to eat her breakfast before she got to class. But she'd always be late to class. And finally, one day, the teacher said, "Kelsey, you need to uh, you know work on getting to class on time." And she said uh, well, I have to eat my breakfast first. And she goes, well, I've seen you in there eating breakfast. And I know that you tend to talk a lot. And I think if you would not talk as much, uh, you would be able to eat your breakfast and get to class on time. And she looked, looked her square in the eye and she goes, well, God made me that way. Deal with it. <laughs> oh, <geez>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so.
3: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Kids will
1: say. Was- that's also technically inaccurate, but we won't get into
3: that. <laughs> no, I, I understand that.
2: But <laughs> <laughs> Ew, <gosh.
1: laughs> What we were supposed to talk about, by the way, is the fact that people don't answer the phones.
3: Mm-hmm. I Mm-hmm. So that actually is funny. I, I made a reel, and that's a lot of the comments of the people that are not service advisors or techs or anybody in the automotive field. The comments are mostly, oh well, like I don't know. It's going to be hard to give context, but basically, the real is after the customers text, texted you ten times asking ten times asking you if their car's done, and then I'm in the real. It's a phone ringing, and they don't answer the phone. Like you know, it's the, yeah, this is the typical adage yeah, where yeah. they ask you, and then you call, and they they're like, oh, like they don't answer the phone, or they don't like, oh, can I pick it up next week? Um, and a lot of those comments, that's what people are like, Oh well I call my tech or my mechanic or my shop or whatever and I've called them, you know, ten times and ask them when the cars get done and then you know, six weeks later the car finally gets done. Or I can't get a hold of them, or you know, the comments are always that. And I just keep saying, Well, find a better shop. stop going to shade tree mechanics. I, I don't really know what to tell you. Like I as the soon problem. As I, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say like I when I have a customer's car, I'm personally extremely communicative, but i that's when I get the car. Getting a hold of me because I'm a one-man shop is a little different, but I also always call people back on their messages, like if they leave me a message. But I can't always answer the phone because if my arms are buried in a car or if I'm on the phone with another customer or their customer's picking up, obviously I'm not just going to stop everything I'm doing and pick up every call. So I think it's probably going to change. Now, Like when I call the dealership, you want to talk about a nightmare, getting a hold of anybody in up front or in the Uh parts department. Oh my gosh. And I mean, they're understaffed just like most everybody else, but still, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, but like what I would suggest to you is that you uh, keep, keep a headset on you. That's what I ended up doing is I put a head, one of those, the rings that go around your neck. Yeah. And then they plug into your ears. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, that's what I did. And if the phone rang and I was wrenching or doing something with my hands, you know, you just reach on your neck and hit the button and you can answer the phone. Um, If you're tied up and if you're on the other line, just hit the button and let them know, Hey, because sometimes they just call to see what time do you close? Uh, Hey, you guys open on the weekends. Like you don't want to pick up the phone and immediately put them on hold when they're just going to ask a quick question. So you you pick right. up the phone, you answer it like you normally would. You find out what they need, and then you ask them to put them on hold, and you put them on hold. The, my point, though, is that these shops aren't even answering the phones. And so, like, I would check to see what time they would call. And th- this is to, to call scholarship winners or potential scholarship winners, right? You just mm-hmm. need to get a hold of them because for some reason they don't have any presence on Facebook. And you know that, oh, well, that person doesn't have any pictures and this, that, and the other. So I'm not going to send them a Facebook message. They'll never see it. So yeah. you find out where they work or they, you know, they sent their, some of their shop information in the form and I, I'm going to fix the form for next year. So I get all of their information on the form, but you find out where their shop is and you call the shop and the sh- the, it says they're open. They don't pick up. You try 10 minutes later. They don't pick up. You try 30 minutes later. They don't pick up. You've tried later in the day, three, four o'clock. You're like, well, they got to be open now. Right. Right they don't pick up the phone. If they do pick up the phone, they're dismissive and they're like, ah. ah, ah. And They're like, "Kid, I'm, this is Dave Roman. I'm calling from the Auto Shop Owners Group. You applied for a scholarship. Could you have time to talk about it?" "Oh, yeah. I mean, not really, but go ahead." It's like, yeah. "Okay." <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> and so you now you're like, "Okay. Well, call me back when you get a moment." They never call you back. Well, and we so were... you're like, well, "If if this is how they're they're treating I, and you know, I they haven't even answered the phone the first time. I can't even get them to answer the phone. How, how is a customer supposed to get a hold of them? Uh,
3: uh, yeah, I, that's, I mean, I'm sure that definitely, obviously it did happen and I'm sure there's plenty more places out there like that. I also like, I've been in that situation where I've been so overwhelmed and then like, when a customer is calling, I'm, I get upset because it's interrupting what I've done. But you guys have talked about that in the podcast in the past. And I've had to change my mindset of they're not interrupting me. They have no idea what I'm doing or what's going on. So the way <laughs> this is just funny for me. But now in my mind, like when I answer the phone, I had to tell myself, hey, it could be somebody with a Honda. So I just trick my mind into thinking <laughs> that it's somebody calling with a Honda. And so now I answer the phone happily and in a better mood versus before. And then something my brother always taught me is answer, like if you have their name stored in your phone. So now anytime anybody calls me one time, I automatically store their name in my phone. And I always call them by name when I answer the phone. So people like that. but I would freak yeah. my customers out <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they do that. they're like oh you 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 remember me, and I'm like, well yeah, of course we we talked and you know you have this such car and whatever so yeah. um but they they do appreciate that kind of stuff.
2: you know David, when you said that about the you were you know calling on the scholarship, uh we run into the same issue with the mastermind program. We have people apply uh, and we we review their applications and we call them. They don't answer their phones. Uh, They right away blow you off or, you know, we email them. We never hear from them again. And then when we put a a post out that we're looking for uh, people interested in the program, they're like, well, I applied a while ago. Well, granted, not everybody that applies is going to be a good candidate for it. So we don't get in touch with every single person. But it's just amazing the number of people we say, hey, we think you'd be a good fit for it. And crickets.
3: But isn't it amazing? Apply? Isn't it amazing? Like, it is true. I, I agree. Like, why do they even apply? But what I've, what's amazing to me is like how much people don't want help. Like they're frustrated and they're in a really bad spot. But then when you actually try to help them, they don't take the advice. They mm. don't do anything yes. with it. They just set it aside. Like you have to be self-aware. That's a huge part of it as well. Like it sucks at first when you hear this kind of stuff, like, but. I guess for me it was different because I realized that I was making a bunch of mistakes. So I'm like, I've got to fix this. If I want this to work and to be able to make my business successful and profitable, I've got to make changes. So where do I go to make changes? Well, people that are already doing it better than I am. So I went into it having a different mindset, but you like in the mastermind group, for example, like every time someone joins and then we talk to them for a week or two and you we mean you guys talk to them for a week or two, I can already tell if they're going to make it or not just within a week or two. And that's sad because they're so close-minded. They won't even be like, take a second to listen and open their mind to just take a suggestion, try to make a change here. What's the worst that's going to happen? You make a change for a month and it doesn't work. And you, you go back to it. It's not like you're going to lose all your customers in a month. No. Well, like we had, we had one scholarship winner. I
1: couldn't get a hold of them. We, um, or, or, or one, one we were trying to get a hold of. Well, they ended up. They ended up finally answering the phone. I think they called me back. I think that's what it was. They got the caller ID popped up, and they're like, "Oh, this person's called seventeen times. I should probably call them back."
2: They they might be wanting to give me money.
1: (laughs) They call me, and it's me, and I'm telling them, "Hey, you won the scholarship. This, that, and the other." Like, okay, great. And they're like, "The the idea behind the scholarship is to help you become a better business owner. Let's get you in front of Cecil, Malin, Rick, you know, all of the great trainers that teach you how to." More effectively run a business, okay? And, and the business owner looks over the the the, uh, the classes, and what do you think he did? W-
2: wants to take technical
1: classes. All technical classes, like oh, lab scope class. Because if oh. I know how
2: to fix cars better, I'll be a better business owner. I,
1: it, the, the, I don't understand the mindset. I don't. I don't get it. Like, hey, I, I'm not sending you to become a better technician. I'm sending you so you can fix your business and I don't know.
3: Answer the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I so like so for me like when I won the scholarship, I didn't know like what I what classes and so I asked Brandon. He was like, "Well, I think it has to be all shop owner classes." I was like, "Well, that makes sense, obviously." But in my mind, one of the areas I struggled in is technical stuff. So that's what I was thinking. I'm like, "Oh, I need to do that," but obviously that's not what I did, and it made such a huge difference because I took one shop owner's like an actual management training class in at ASTE last year. And then the rest all technical. And then when I went to Vision and I took all shop management classes, I wish that at AST I had taken all business management classes. Because it was such a different experience and such an eye-opening experience that I learned way more at how to run the business better. It made my numbers better, which obviously took a lot of stress off. So then I stopped worrying about some of the other stuff as much. I guess if that makes sense. So yeah, but I
1: guess, uh, I guess that's my point. You said it's it takes a little bit of self awareness. Yes, and it is m- mind boggling to me. And I was trying to think back to my own situation, and I I struggled, struggled. Why well, I still struggle today, but I'm saying like it was bad. It was really bad. I look back at myself in uh, like 13, 14, 15. I, I'm like, I have no idea how I stayed in business. I have no idea. And the what I was doing on a daily basis, my business practices, how I was planning my day, how I was, you know, creating invoices, how I dealt with my employee, like all of that was all wrong, all wrong up and down. I'm like, I cannot believe. It. And it wasn't until 16 that I hit that brick wall that I'm like, oh, I, I've got to change what I'm doing because it is not working. Like I can't keep doing what I'm doing and just do it better or do it harder and it'll, it'll work that it, it's, I'm obviously doing something completely wrong. I need to fix it. Yeah. And so it wasn't until then that, that, that I hit that realization. But if somebody had approached me, if somebody had approached me, if I, if the, the group wasn't, didn't exist at that point, uh, Asog didn't exist at that point. But if, if somebody had walked into my shop and, another shop owner, and said, hey, man, you know, you, you've you got to do inspections on every car. You've got to have this inspection process set up. You've got to make sure you articulate this to the customer. The customer needs to realize this. You need to, at the very least, take your parts cost, multiply it by five, and that should be about what your ticket should be. You know, if, if they had given me just little tips like that, oh, man, I, that would have been transformative for me immediately. But- I would have seen that. I've got something. I'm doing something wrong here. Why are they coming in and telling me this? This makes sense. Do you think you would have actually implemented
3: it though? That's my question. A hundred percent, I would have. Because here's here's my thing. I have a friend that has a shop, and I've told him about ASOG. I don't know how many times. Told him about AST last year and this year and vision training. I've gone in there and talked to him several times, and I just constantly tell him, "I'm like, listen, man, I want you to succeed." He's not charging enough. He's he he. For example, he just did a job that I sent to him because I didn't want it. And the price that he did it for the entire job was probably close to half of what I would have charged for the job. So this is how under, under how much he's undercharging, And I've told him all of this stuff and I'm like, Hey man, I just, I want you to do better because when you do better, it helps your family out. He's got a, a kid and another kid on the way. I'm like, you know, you've, You've got a family to support. You can't do that charging what you're charging in nothing. Every time he just, he's like, okay, dad. He always says, okay, dad. And I'm like, well, I fine. Call me your dad. I don't really care. I just want you to do better. I want it more for him than he wants it. And so that's my thing is like, once again, it still takes that self-awareness. You have to be willing to make changes and you have to set your ego aside, which is really hard. Um, and I just don't think a lot of people are willing to do that.
1: <laughs> you I, know, I think if you get to a certain point of comfort though, like it,
3: it's not even comfort, it's just, it's not it's not painful enough. Uh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I, That could be very true as well. I don't know. I, I assume it's probably different for everybody. I don't know why I feel like I, it was easier for me to make changes. I mean, because I remember sitting, staring at my wife, looking at the numbers and I'm like, there ain't no way we're ever going to survive charging this much. Like, I just, I'm like, <laughs> if, we ha- if we hired a tech, I wouldn't be able to pay him nothing. So like, it just, it was just a, a, a click in my brain. I'm like, well, I've got to make some changes because this obviously is not going to work because in my mind, I was going to leave the dealership, start my own shop. I was going to charge half of what they were charging and offer better quality. That's what I thought I was going to do. And I was completely wrong. Because you can't do that. You cannot be the cheapest and give the best quality and the best experience. It's not possible. Cannot do it. At least not in this industry. You can't.
2: Now, um, when you said that about why people don't take the advice, I don't know if this per- pertains to you, but I know I went through I went through two coaching two coaches over the years, and I was I gave a ton of pushback and everything else because they said, "Here's what you need to do." But they never told me why I needed to do it. Uh, I mean, so you doing this, uh, you know, making these changes, was was that were you given the 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 whys and not
3: just the hows? Uh, No, uh, like I was just watching YouTube channels. Uh, I was watching Cody uh, Gaddy's YouTube channel, his diagnostic channel, because diagnostics is something that I've always struggled in as far as like just understanding it really well. I've always been an insanely good R&R tech and was always really good at flat rate. And I can do that stuff really well, but Diag is just not something I've excelled in. And so I was following his YouTube channel. He was on the ASOG podcast. I started listening to the ASOG podcast, literally like just day in and day out, all day, every day, just listen to it, join the Facebook group and started making changes from listening to the podcast. So nobody ever offered me any advice, not in personal anyways. I just found it all through the podcast. So I I guess maybe it was just one of those things I knew I needed to change and was in that space to make the change. I don't know. And
2: and sometimes the light bulb moment just happens, You know, just everything lines up, the stars and the moon align and hey, it all makes sense. And I'm going to Yeah, I'm gonna do that. And and there's there's no there was no pivotal uh, thing that made it happen.
3: I mean, not there was that one story. I talked about this when we did the when we talked at Vision. Is the one story they talked about the in the podcast? And I don't remember which episode it was, but talked about like the Christian family where it was the dad, the mom, and the son, and they they were happy to be just charging what they were charging. They like to go camping every weekend or whatever, and they just felt like they just wanted to help people out. And they talked about in the story, well, what if the dad got hurt? And then they, because they weren't charging enough, they wouldn't have enough money set aside to be able to sustain the business. And they would go out of business. Well, then who are you helping? And that was kind of the like, well, shoot, they're right. Like if I, I want to be helping people, but I can't help people if I'm not charging enough to make enough money to pay everything and have some extra to grow the business. So I guess that was probably my like light bulb moment moment okay. was like, Oh, well shoot, that's extremely accurate. So if I well, don't want to go into may- business, yeah, like
2: maybe that was the one, because you, it's one thing for that. Somebody to say, you need to charge more. So you have more money in case something happens. And here is a hard example of if something happens, you would have the money to support it.
3: Yeah. And I think probably being a one-man shop owner, that probably hit home a little bit more because my wife stays at home with the kids. So she doesn't have like an actual paying job. So I'm the sole uh, income earner. So if something happened to me, i always wanted to make sure that, you know, she's taken care of. So I guess that probably is why.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast.